Welcome down to this week's episode of Paddy Talks Golf. It's been a few weeks. It's been a few weeks for a couple of reasons. Uh, one, I'm between jobs. I didn't get fired, um, but I'm between jobs. I'm, I just took a couple of weeks off from the podcast as well to really step back and enjoy time with my two-year-old and 11-year-old and my wife and my family, but also was working behind the scenes. And I'm very proud to announce that Paddy Talks Golf Podcast is powered by 4Golf Customs. So a massive thanks and appreciation to Mr. Derek Murray, who's been on the podcast a couple of times um, in his support of me and what I do. And like I've been a customer of 4Golf Customs for, geez, I think like five, definitely five, if not six years. So yeah, have the club built by the Don and greeted by Christine. We've met Jill. And the family run business and of course David Williams has fitted me for all of those clubs um, so if you are looking um, to get fit by the best in the business the hardest working club maker is building the club that outperform everybody else because they're put together in a zero tolerance workshop so if you listen to other podcasts such as Rick Shields lately you'll see that actually if you get fit on the high street or fit maybe by and the OEMs, there is actually a tolerance there of plus or minus a degree or sometimes more than that. Um, so that would explain um, that would explain why uh, some of the best tour pros are still still going to um, fork off custom. So um, if you are looking for something, you are looking to get custom fit by the best uh, part of the guaranteed Irish, because they are. Um, they're master builders, have pr- previously been European club makers of the year. Um, all the accreditations, um, tour fitting experience, that's what you're going for. Um, but yeah, just if you're into that, um, link is in description or just go to foregolf.ie and when you fill out your form, if there's notes there, when you rock up and you're designated spot for your fitting, just tell them Paddy sent you um, and hopefully they can see the value um, that I can provide them too by, by them supporting the podcast. So. But it's not just that. There's giveaways through the timesheet. If you sign up to that on pennytossgolf.com, there'll be giveaways on social and just some fun stuff. Yeah, fun stuff. And, and I get access to some fun equipment to tell all you folks about. So that's what we're looking to do and do it in a slightly different way. And so I'm really, really excited about that. You probably press play, though. Not for the, the announcement. Um... But you press play because today's interview is with a number one golfer in the world. Number one Edgar disabled golfer in the world is Brendan Lawler. And we have a up to County Loud. Thanks to Lee Murphy for affording us the tea time. It was fantastic. But playing up in Baltray where Lowry won. We'll play the front nine. It was Baltic conditions. Really, really windy. So hopefully I'll get back up there and bring the sun with me next time. But fantastic to play nine holes with Brendan. And he hammered me four and three, if not, if not worse. But we'll say it was three and two. And serious, serious operator, so it's fantastic to get to know him. A really, really down to earth guy. And I hope you enjoy this week's episode with the number one disabled guy from the world, Brennan Lawler. So without further ado, uh, wrote it there, Colette. I mean, listen, we're talking about practice. Joe Bradley told us the production line was finished in Kerry. Where's Joe Bradley? What do you get at? Not too bad, not too bad in yourself. I think, Grant, you're ready to tee it up. Ready to tee it up is right. For the yeah. second time today. Second time. <laughs> Hopefully, you don't get as cold as the last time. 
That's the official start to the podcast. Do you ready to tear it up? Is it? It's very corny, isn't it? It's not bad. <laughs> You've heard worse. It's hard worse. Hard worse. If not often, you get to speak with the number one golfer in the world. Yeah, it only only happened last week. That would um, be the the title and thumbnail for this podcast. Number one, number one golfer. Everyone would think I'm speaking with uh, Scotty Scheffler. Doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just a wee bit smaller than Scotty Scheffler. Just a little bit. Not off the tee, though. I think no, I, the tea, I think I have him with you. I think you'd have him. But um, no, it's been a. a Massive, massive few years. And they couldn't ride it. It was something. Disability golf was something I tried out for. Just out of nowhere. Said I'd give it a go. And then it turned into a full-time job in the career. And helping people out. Making a living from the sport. It's more than I could ever dream of. And we keep going, hopefully. Keep going. We'll get into that in a little bit. Uh, I generally ask. So we, we're here in um, Baltray. Yes. County Loud, so big thanks to Liam Whelan for letting us out because time sheets are busy these days. Everyone's back playing big golf time, and yeah, loving it. Time. It was a fresh one, <laughs> yeah. But it's been pretty impressive, of course. I'd never played it before, yeah. Really good, keeps well all year round. Fair was good, couldn't fault it really. Uh, I'm gonna give it a full 18, hopefully, as soon as possible. Um, but I think it'll be up there in my hmm. I've seen it too going around, like I'm getting to see it. Like, I like this, yeah. That's the, the way the even the way the bunkers are cut and you know the flow of the fairways and the runoff areas and like it's end of March now yeah. and I can just see it's going to it's yeah another give it another month and it'll be it's a classic tip top. Um, I generally ask people when they come on the podcast this this I've like four main questions and after that we can go into tangents. Okay, let's go, let's go. <laughs> uh, professional, professional. Uh, Brennan Lawler, what is your earliest memory of golf? Earliest memory, I joined RD when I was 16 years old. 16? 16. So you've not been playing like since you've been four? No, no. I played pitch and putt for years. Went to RD as a junior and had 52 points the very first round of 28. You're one of them. One of them. One of them. Here's this lad coming in here, yeah. taking our prizes. Toto going to throw me out after I shot that. <laughs> <laughs> this was before WHS and 50 points isn't the norm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it, was, it was mental. So earliest memory is fifty-two points. So pitch and put, let's take pitch and put mm. because if you listen back to the episodes, um, a lot of the top Irish golfers are now pros. Actually started yeah. with pitch and put. I think Paul McBride, Gavin Moynihan, uh, me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so when was the first time you had a, a golf club or a pitch and put club, if you want to call it that, in your hands? Yeah, my granddad was a big, big advocate for having at least one grandson take up the game of golf and pitch and putt. So obviously with the with the condition being a wee bit smaller, it was never golf was never a game that I thought I'd have the power to play. It was always sort of this big fantasy or dream was out there. But I started playing pitch and putt, it was eighteen par trees, all holes are under seventy yards and just got an addiction with trying to get better at that and if Where was it? Which pitch and put club? Channel Rock pitch and put. Unfortunately, it's closed now. Oh, it only geez. closed a Did few months ago. Oh, man. It was, uh, that was lot, lots of memories we had in there. Had a lovely group of friends. There was about 10, 12 of us that we'd all get dropped there at the same time by all the parents when they go to work. It's a great crash. There you go. There's some crisps. <laughs> Fend for yourselves. But um, just it was like an addiction to try and get better. We used to play and if we weren't, if we weren't four under after six holes, we'd go back to the start. We'd literally, I'd be three under, miss a short putt for four on the fifth. 
it's not good enough back to the start because there was no one on it it was just us so the competitiveness <coughs> the competitiveness with the friends you just kept getting better and better every week and then I started playing tournaments and I won in senior All-Ireland when I was 16 it was unheard of it was only what's your granddad say? Oh, he couldn't get over it huh? he was he, he's like me and my dad were chatting last night and with everything that's going on my granddad's he's 86 years old and he literally they were on holidays last week and he said Brendan is the reason I get up every morning you get just to read the news to see what else is new and it's, it's great for him he, he probably sends a thousand emails a day to people but it's great no he, he loves it and he's so proud and <clears throat> he got to win me he got to watch me win in Galgorm last year at the World Invitational and class that was the first time so it was pretty special that's pretty special that's pretty mm. special to have big time yeah have you a picture of it with him I'd say there's a few pictures there yeah. man, frame that because yeah. it's something that when I look back on stuff I've achieved or winning country championships and like I don't have a picture with my dad in a trophy do you know what I mean it's the little yeah. things like that you, when you get to 35 and you're not playing sport anymore <laughs> you know it's something nice to put in the wall yeah, you know, something so, yeah. you might appreciate now but in a few years that you definitely will appreciate uh, absolutely was there other sports growing up so pitch and put and then golf kind of 15, 16 what was there before it rugby scrum half I tried it hey <laughs> Jesus I threw my hand any sport. I was, I was always my hand-eye coordination was was pretty special. I was, was quite good at soccer. I was quite tricky at Gaelic. It's good at badminton. You were a corner forward, were you? Corner, I actually was. Yeah. Uh, I know it. Scoring. <laughs> I've marked plenty like you. Yeah. Just, <laughs> no, I loved Gaelic. Gaelic was class. And then I played that till I was about fifteen. And then I was getting nailed every time. Everyone was growing and I wasn't. People like me coming over. I was just <laughs> getting buried into the ground. So I'd done a few things. Like pitch and putt was still there, so I was bounced between a few sports. And then when I went to school, I played like volleyball. Um, is that big and loud, is it? No, not big at all. <laughs> I went to the grammar school. Some of them say it's quite posh, but I played hockey. I played every sport. If I, if I focus on the books as much as sport, I would be a genius. But the books came second and the sport came first and I found my wee niche in golf when I was about 16, 17 and that was it. Decent. The second question I generally ask people <coughs> is what was the compelling event to 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 start the career on now? Mm. So um, EDGA, is, is it, do they prefer EDGA or EDGA or yeah, whatever, what is the, whatever, whatever. as long as you're mentioning it. Once it's mentioned, <laughs> it's the main thing, yeah. So I suppose for anyone who doesn't know who Lawler is, I came across your good self um, around when you signed for Modest because yeah. it was kind of around the time I was starting this gig I think like mm. 2019 I started this gig so you were signed maybe the year before that I think it's been 2019 yeah yeah so I was like yes who would be key to talk to and obviously Mark was on my list and yeah. that other fella who sings songs is on my <laughs> list and then you know anyone who is has an interesting story yeah I think is on me list so I've okay. been kind of tracking yourself stalking you basically um, for nigh on three years now stalkers often never meet their victims I mean people they're interested <laughs> in but um, so yeah what was the compelling event uh, to turn pro because you're you know playing for senior cup teams and yeah it was good amateur so what was the what was the reason you turned pro my, my friend yeah so I got pretty high at amateur level like the golf was good I was good at golf but I was never like I wouldn't have made Irish teams I was off scratch maybe plus one but I wasn't at that next level if you know what I mean and I played my very first disability event in 
November 2018. How did that come about, playing in a... Because you're, you're playing regular golf that yeah. we all play up until that point. So how did that come about, playing? So my Auntie Anne, she's a, she's a web surfer. She never she's stopped Googled. surfing the web. So I was a bit lost in my career. I went to Darren Clark Golf School. She found that as well. And I came out and I had nothing to do. Like I had a B-Tech, which I'm not saying a B-Tech's bad, but it's getting me fuck all. <laughs> I couldn't get anything with it. You couldn't see a, a path forward yeah. with your B-Tech. Okay. So um, it was like a get this degree to go on to college again. And study was nothing. I never wanted to do it. I was too active. I love sport too much. I was sort of, I love business as well. I worked in the family business. So kept doing that and my auntie Anne said to my mum one day would Brendan consider playing disability golf and mum wouldn't she wouldn't she wouldn't really say it to me because they never categorised me they never seen me any differently like my brother's 30 and we would have grown up and he, he would have been very good to me but included me in his friends groups but I was just a normal person making friends doing everything normal and she was quite nervous at saying it to me so she said it one day and I said yeah give it a go I was always quite open to trying new things and the rest is history. I went to my very first event. It's funny, actually. And you had 52 points again, didn't you, Brendan? No, I didn't. I wasn't, <laughs> wasn't thrown out of this one at the first one. But um, I was going in as a cocky, sort of cocky amateur, playing at a high level and not putting disability golfers down, but underestimating their abilities. And Yourself? Myself, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I went there and... I shot four over the first round. I was like, happy days, it's going to be up there. I was coming fifth after the first round, which, it's like, Jesus, there's good golfers here. So, I finished that event, I think it was, I came fourth in the end, which I learned a lot from, probably the biggest event where I learned something from, about not underestimating the talent. So I think three under one at one postigo off one leg, which blew my mind, it was mental. So I went home and saw that I clicked into a different mentality. I was like, I saw like a wee niche in the market. Like this, this could be big. It's inspiring stuff. If we can promote it to the right people, show the world what we can do. This is going to be quite big. So went to my next event, won it by eight shots. Just clicked into a different sort of mentality. Like mamba mentality, as people say. But I just said, I want to dominate. I, you got ruthless with yeah, it. Yeah, I just... I, I seen. I knew what I had to do. I knew the talent that was there, and I knew where I had to get to the perform in every event. So, went to try one of my eight shots. Went to France, one of my six shots, and that was the best ten golfers were there. Then I went to Portugal and one of my eight shots again, and this was against the likes of Juan Postigo, like the best in the world. I just clicked. I said. This. And this is still like as an amateur, was it? This or? is still an amateur. Yeah. So I got three wins under my belt in a row. All the interviews started to come, started to have talks with sort of big names. And the biggest event, the biggest turning point was the European Tour accepted Disability Golf and invited 10 golfers to Aberdeen at the Scottish Open. And off the same course, off the same tees, same format so this was huge the best 10 were getting biggest opportunity of their lives going over to play in the same event as Ricky Fowler this is playing in the European now DP World Tour event yeah but this was before tea times okay so the best 10 in the world were playing before the actual event 
on the Saturday and the Sunday. So we played that. I shot two over first round, and I was two behind. No, what did I shoot? I shot three over first round. The boy shot one one over, so I was still two behind. And then I went out the second round, and I was three under after nine, off the back sticks. It was tough. And I went out there and shot level par and won the event by one shot to a fellow called George Groves. He was number one at the time. And we had our interviews with like Nick Dotterty, which we got the whole, whole experience. And I was like, I want to do this, like week in, week out. It's like, this is unreal. It's part of my life where I feel right in. I feel comfortable around the big stars. I feel comfortable on stage with people watching. It just feels it was set up. So then we were in talks. More interviews started to happen. Then I had an interview with Irish Golf Magazine. Peter Finnan was his name. Oh, I know Pete. You know Pete? He's all right, yeah. yeah. He's, a good, he's a good lad. Lovely, lovely He's a good lad. So Listen to you, mate. We, we meet each other in Swans the other time. And yeah. He's a nice lad, yeah. No way. Yes, yeah. So we were... Um, played away anyway and won the event and had a talk with Peter. I, was, I featured in the magazine a few times and it was good. And he sat down and heard the full story of where it started, the barriers you had to come come up come across and all the challenges in your life and how you got here all that sort of stuff so he was blown away with everything that went on it was that like it's inspiring it's it's different no one really there's probably plenty in ireland that have gone through that but it's the first time we've heard something like this so so i'm going to give someone a call i think these might have an interest i said they're, they're helping ladies golf they're helping male golf and you could be the perfect fit for the disability golf so Pete rang Mark McDonnell, which is the co-owner of Modest Golf. Yeah, Ned. episode, I'll put it out now, it's like episode 70 or something, <laughs> about a year and a half ago, yeah, great guy, yeah. Legend. Great Mark. hair. I love his hair, it's getting better. <laughs> great hair, great hair. He's getting better. Yeah, it's getting better. <laughs> He's a fine mind, that man. So, I met up with Mark in Belfast, uh, Pete rang, Pete rang Mark, and he was like, I'm in Belfast tomorrow, tell Brendan to come up for one o'clock. So I went up, I put on all my Irish gear, I was souped <laughs> up, like first time meeting, I'll probably go meet him in a tracksuit tomorrow or something, but <laughs> I wore a full golf attire and we met for a coffee and we just spoke, he said, what are your goals, what do you want to achieve? And he said, leave it with me. So we were conversing in emails and, and chatting and my dad's a businessman and he was like, Brendan, you need, need to see what to put on the table before you take an offer. I'm like, Dad, it's, it's, it's Niall Horn. It's, it, it's a management company. I was so I was excited. He said, Brendan, all this is fantastic. It's unreal. It's exciting. But just make the right decisions at the right time. There's no need to jump in. So I did that. I took his advice. And he said, when the guys come with an offer like of what they can do, what they can achieve, then go with it. Don't just go with it. See what happens after. So the guy said, we can change your life in endorsements. We can bring you Adidas, TaylorMade, like SPS Handa, all these amazing sponsors. All you have to do is turn professional because these endorsements aren't as attractive to amateurs as they are to professionals. And he said, you're a young fella growing in a game that's different, a game that could strike massive heights. And I think this is a fantastic fit. So what Mark has said, he delivered by 100 guys have changed my life or 
traveling to events all over the world or bringing more people into the game trying to get more people in a position to make money from the sport and it's just been a roller coaster that's just been amazing so what's the official diagnosis because i yeah. you know i do a bit of research yeah. <laughs> but not a lot so what's the because there's di- when, when on the edga tour I'm, I'm assuming there's varied levels of ability yeah. Yeah. and inability so what's what's the story with your good self so i um i have a condition called ellis van crevel syndrome so i was born with ellis van crevel ellis van crevel okay yeah so i was born with obviously shorter limbs shorter stature forearms are shorter legs are shorter body isn't that shorter so you're still ripped looking pretty well well, i must say (laughs) when he messes but um yeah it was a shorter limb shorter stature and i was also born with an extra finger so dad said i was pretty good at the piano if (laughs) if we got you going on it um never affected me i always had like I had an attitude that there's always something going on in someone else's life. No one's perfect. You need to make the best of what you have, and that's what I done. I played sport. Whether I got busted, I still tried it. Went to school. Mightn't have been the brightest bulb in the in the shop, but I still got by. So, because it says something that you're still playing off, like you're not playing off junior tees or anything. Like you're still playing off full whack yeah. then tees to get to scratch. Yeah. So like you're you're well entitled to then turn pro yeah. off that Big time. handicap. So yeah. it's not like you you have an advantage. No, and that's know? the beautiful thing about golf. And that's what I'm sorry, but that's like that would be the assumption. Yeah. Of the vast majority of people. Oh like they're in a different section. Yeah. So they're off different you're not. You're no. still off the tips. We're off the tips. And like people say, whether it's disability golf or normal golf or normal football if you're number one at it's the same playing life, field it's the same playing field like number one at anything in the world is, is pretty special and I've been very lucky to play some of the nicest courses in the world meet some of the nicest people in the world bring some fantastic people into the game just because they have a disability they're normal people there's not, not much wrong with these guys they're just they're good crack they have the same emotions the same drive the same everything a normal person has well in converted commas, normal. What's normal anymore? Oh, Jesus, so, you don't even know these days what exactly. normal is. Exactly, what's uh, normal? We all thought Will Smith was normal, didn't we? <laughs> um, so, can we, what's, the, what's the big deal, so, about you turning pro? Because mm. I'm, I'm gonna, you, you stop me if I'm wrong, but I'm yeah. assuming then everybody else on the Edgar tour yeah. is still an amateur status, or is there is there a couple of pros popping up There's now? There's a lot or? more pros now. Um, when I done the plunge or professional, a lot of the guys seen the endorsements coming in, seen bigger brands starting to support myself so this was starting to happen then they were turning professional then maybe Titleist was coming along or, or TaylorMade or it's like a roll on effect and turning pro whether it's golf or disability golf it opens so many more opportunities for you and with the ambitions of the world tour we're trying to achieve these guys need to turn pro as well that, that's what I was going to ask you. What's the north? North what's the to take an Americanism? What's what's your North Star, Brennan? Yeah. What do you want to achieve? Like, if I look back three years ago, I didn't think we'd achieve this much. I still think I still thought I would have been playing just for not for nothing, but just for the piece of yourself, enjoying the game. But the fact that there's brands out there helping you make a living from what you love to do, it's pretty special. And it's given the top guys now in disability golf a goal 
to achieve that there's someone doing this we can do this too and that's the message we're trying to throw out across the board that it's not just happening for one person it's, it's going to start happening for everyone no definitely and the world is a changing and like if if you ain't changing and adapting you're going to die not but like mm. as a business or as big thing maybe even as a person mentally if not adapting to change we've all had to change over the last 24 months yeah but that's the way the world is going is towards that everyone is equal it is a level playing field in terms of inclusivity and, yeah. and gender balance and equality and that's you know for some organizations and cultures that is a massive transformation to happen so it's not just it's not just um the areas of um disabled golf that you're helping you're actually helping by opening those doors for those companies to sponsor you it's showing the world that these companies are open to that change in inclusivity so it's a double-edged sword here for everyone involved and it has to like they're investing in something different and as you said sometimes change is good and that's what we're trying to achieve like what are you going to do? Oh, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to buy from a company who's sponsoring a golf event, or I'm going to buy from a company who's sponsoring these really cool people, yeah. you know, in this demographic, you know, in disabled golf that's changing their lives. Well, so which, which company are you going to buy from? Exactly. <laughs> but I'll give you a good one. Like we played in when at, in Aberdeen at the Renaissance Club that year, and nice track out here lovely it's really good I like it <laughs> it's meant to be <laughs> yeah palatial yeah it's it's tough so I shot level par that day and a guy called George Gould shot one under and we bet 34 of the field that day off the same tees and these are professionals like we, I think we bet Nicholas Coulthard Pablo Lazabel I'll tag all them lads <laughs> 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 No, but like that's that's the message we're trying to show that yeah. we're not saying we can compete on the European tour, but we're saying that we can go out there and not disgrace ourselves and we can shoot good scores and trying to show the entrance possible for other people. And I think it shows because the, you'll have a minority that if it comes to the stage where, you know, someone on the Elka tour gets a spot uh, on the DP World Tour, which should be the case, yeah. um, based on your ability yeah. and your performance. You will have that minority of person that will go, oh, sure, that's a spot because they're special or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So I do see what you're saying in terms of we're just as good as you guys. Exactly. And we're entitled to be here because we're good golfers. Yeah. And I think that maybe that's what the European tour are afraid of, that it might degrade the tour a wee bit if we're shooting 18, 19 over for one round. But that's not the case. Like, Tommaso Perino, he's a... I got my first start at, on the European Tour in the Belfry two two years ago on the European Tour, and it was it was rain and it was blowing a gale. It was tough conditions. I think I shot eleven over for two rounds. And it wasn't a worse score, but the following week in Italy, Tommaso Perino was a one-legged golfer. He got a start in the Italian Open. So that's what I mean by the the rule. There was a effect. straight on knock on effect of, of you being part of something. Yeah. So I was playing the, the DP or the, the new DP World in the Belfry. Then following week, Tommaso was playing in the in the European Tour in, in Italy. So these are things that need to happen. If change happens once, it, it's accepted and can keep happening. Then. And then it's about being consistent in these and and these tours being consistent. So hundred percent. Edka up to now, I understand. You'd play for a couple of weeks, you'd be off for a few weeks, and there might be lack of consistency. There's a bit more consistency this year, is there, hopefully? Big time. So as I said, the European Tour are starting to accept what we do. 
I've been talking quite a lot about prize money for disability golfers and maybe a world tour. And this year we're having the G4D World Tour. So it's seven events on the European tour for the 10 best disability golfers in the world from all over the world. So it's a true reflection of who the best is. If these guys are going to pay for our accommodation, pay for our flights over, and fingers crossed there's going to be a prize fund. Now that still has to be talked about, but I'm pretty sure there will be at some of the events this year. And It's a huge step forward. It gives other golfers an ambition that there's an end goal of somewhere to get to. Because I think we were speaking earlier, like that's fantastic. Passion will get you so far. Big time. And like you have a massive passion for the game and, and, and for your own performance and achievement. But at the end of the day, if you're playing in a competitive environment, you want something to play for. Exactly. Now, being there is, is great. Great. And you've accomplished that. So next step naturally would be, okay, yeah. our own tour and our own price. One. So, yeah. Exactly. And we're not, not talk, we're not talking the sums of money that the guys are playing for on tour. 9.5 million purse across 10 people. Yeah. Sounds nice. Sounds nice. <laughs> <laughs> we get on to LIV tour now. <laughs> but, um, yeah, we're not talking big sums of money, but we're talking something to recognise the talent that these guys have. Absolutely. They're too good to be working normal jobs. They're, they should... They are good enough to focus on golf full-time. They're good enough to play the game full-time. So if we can get someone to have a paid tour, doesn't have to be much, whatever, how many, maybe a couple of thousand in an event, but something to appreciate the good play, something to appreciate the hard work and dedication that's going in. And something that's reflective of the, you can call it a platform that's that's been built over the past three, three yeah. to four years. Because like the growth of, the visibility of it okay, yeah. is, has been massive coming 100%. from coming, comparing it to zero that it yeah. was four years ago yeah. five years ago so yeah absolutely so th there's opportunity here you 100% know? and it's it's appealing to the eye like there's we played in Hawaii this year and there's more fans watching us than Brooks kept from the first day like mental you'd never see this and they like seeing Rory or Brooks hit 400 yards maybe you don't want to see someone smaller hit 290, 300 it's it's different. And it's just as awesome. Good. It's yeah. If it's not just more. as awesome. So like growing up uh, in Lehinch would be my only, I suppose, relatively relativity towards was I think his name was Jack, Jack O'Callaghan from Listoon Varna, and I don't know if he still plays. Yeah. But he'd he'd won it. Yeah. Right. Um. He had a stub in his right hand, so he had a full like otherwise like like ninety five percent there if, effectively. Um. I think he played off twelve. Yeah. Like, and I think he was like twelve years old. Yeah. Right. So I don't know if he still plays, but seeing that right beside you, yeah, is like it's an eye Jesus. That's it's impressive. It's impressive. It's um, inspiration. Inspiration is the word. Yeah. Thanks. And it's just like, yeah, I'm full, fully bodied. Yeah. And I'm here, same age as you, Jack, and you know I can't get it out of my yeah. way. And your man's riffing around the castle courts and lanes. So yeah, absolutely. But you know what I love most and. It's going off topic a wee bit, but... I wouldn't be like me now <laughs> to go off topic. <laughs> but the European Tour have posted quite a bit about us, and they've put up videos of people at one leg. They've put up me, which is shorter in stature. they put up videos of people at one arm. I'm not for one for reading comments, but the, vid the stuff they put up, I read comments, and every single comment's a good one. Like, there's arseholes out there. But we never saw, oh, look at that, that we fucker hitting that ball. Or, 
where's your man's leg where's the other or, leg or silly name calling just, this type yeah, of stuff like yeah that petty stuff that able body people get yeah. like Brooks gets it DJ gets it like they get so much hate but I can't get over the love we're getting the appreciation the that's so inspiring comments and I think that's a big help to the tour as well that people aren't batting it down batting it down all the time they're encouraging it mm, that helps us too big time um, I won't take your whole afternoon here um, but I have a couple of questions that people might might help people learn about your journey whatever body or ability or inability yeah. they are um, and generally I'd, I would phrase this question around the last two years of COVID-19 right yes. but, but we can include that or we can include all the last five years or whatever it could be when you were five um, but I suppose what has been the biggest learning curve for you mm. thus far and I'll keep it that broad so you can you can say oh when I was learning five curve. it was picking up a water it could be what was the biggest learning curve for you Mr Lawler biggest learning curve was I mentioned it already but it was that first event in Edgar it was not underestimating people's ability or talent and you can take that into all walks of life not just golf but that's the biggest learning curve I, I've had like especially on a career point of view not knowing that was going to be my career but it turned into a career like I had plenty of learning curves that just came and went but this that was a learning curve that stuck with me and has probably enabled me to be successful in, in the game I do and it's, it's been pretty good um so prize money hasn't been there yet so how important has it been surrounding yourself with with the right type of people and endorsements and, and the help from Modest. How important has that been the last couple of years? Massive. I've, um, I'll, I'm going to name drop them because any... Name drop away. Now your opportunity. Uh, any, get in line. Any opportunity <laughs> to uh, mention me sponsors is a good one because ISP is Hanna represent Perro Sport, represent Disability Golf, support a lot on the European Tour. They'll be one of my biggest sponsors. And then Adidas came on board last year. I was the first ever disability golfer to be signed by such a big global company. Then TaylorMade came, which is fantastic. One of the biggest manufacturers, and not being biased, but probably the best clubs in the world at the minute. Um, rubbing shoulders with Rory and Tiger and Morikawa. Yeah, yeah. Like there's, I I put this a few times. Like I was chatting to, as I said, my dad. We've quite good chats, but stuff that was on my bucket list growing up is now a reality and I can't get over it every day it's, it's mental bucket list stuff like it's crazy so Adidas and ISPS handed not just for disability golf but golf in general yeah. uh, there's the Gal Garmer event who's now DP World Tour this year World Tour. Uh, and it's for both you know uh, DP World Tour and LP. uh, LPGA Tour so we all hope you all see Leona and yourself yeah. teed up maybe hopefully 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 Two years ago in the program, me, Leona, and Niall. Um, it was a good day. Don't want to forget about the Condor Club either. They're um, a French chateau that have supported me this year, which is fantastic. American golf. There's too many of them. Like. <laughs> and, you, um, you can't have enough because, like, if you're not playing for prize funds yet, yeah. Like, so for everybody listening, okay, how much would it cost you to travel to France? And feed yourself for five days, mm. and flights, yeah. and golf for four, 
and prepare yourself effectively. You're talking a lot. A lot. If it was just me yeah. going to play golf for four days yeah. and pay for everything myself, mm. Jesus, I'd I'd want much more than five or six bonzers. Yeah. No, <laughs> you know, hundred percent. Like the money's fantastic. Like the guys are more than good to me, but it's an expensive sport. Like when you go to golf events on the European tour, you're not staying in shitty hotels. Like you're staying in the Belfry, you're staying in the Atlantis in, in Dubai like it's it's really really nice nice places so I'm very lucky to be sponsored that I can afford to stay in these lovely places that I can pay for all the food like when I go out and and you can just focus on what you need to do focus what I need to do and, and that's why we're trying to get to a point of prize money to our events to offer these other guys to just live the life that some of the top pros are living on tour. Like we're the top disability golfers. Like, what's different? There's nothing different. We're the top of our field that we should be treated as not the same, but not far off equal. No, absolutely. Now, I'm going to let you name drop one more because they're actually very intriguing to me. Mm. And you were, we were talking already how you're ripped and nutrition is key in that. How How's that for a segue? Huh? Yeah. I don't know if the deal is done yet, so I can edit this out if you need to. No, um, I'm, I'm doing a wee bit. I, I've, I'm a member in Feldland and Dork and I recently actually... There's a local company in Dundalk called Nude Foods, which help look after my nutrition. I would have been very slacked on that side if I kept myself pretty well. Crispies for breakfast, like my two-year-old, and, just ma- not and McDonald's chicken, chicken. What did they call it? Uh, chicken selects meal because the chicken is high protein or whatever. Um, would it be like me. Yeah, it was not. It wasn't that bad. But <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> it was. Um, it was a stage in my life I was turn a professional I wanted all aspects of my life and to be professional and I know Hugh, Hugh Murphy owns nude foods at Brian Garland Brian Garland's a popular with Dundalk and the guys approached me a few months a few months ago and said do you want meals like we can help you in your, your nutrition so I went to a nutritionist got a full on layout of what I need to do to keep myself right and the boys send me my meals every week and since I started doing that, it's you're more disciplined. Like it's convenient; you don't have to cook. It's lovely. Food's class. You can eat it whenever I want. It's just stick it in the fridge. Put it in. The trouble is, you've only maybe have two or three of them a day. Not, oh, yeah, not, like not, not six of them. Yeah, use your two of them a day. So um, no, they're lovely. So um, no, there's all aspects of um, a lot of commitment. It's like there's nights out there where you'd love to go out with your friends, but. You're thinking of the bigger picture, and yeah. what's the what's the spot in Dundalk? Is that where you go out now? Ridley's. Ridley's. Yeah, I like Brewbakers too. Don't go there too much. Maybe the old pint again. <laughs> but um, no, there's a lot of dedication, and as I said before, people see the lovely pictures on Instagram, but don't see the blood, sweat, and tears that go in behind the scenes. So exactly, no one sees the work done in the dark. No, huh? and there's a lot of that done. A lot. <laughs> a lot. Yeah. Um. Yes, you were telling me when we were playing there. You set up your own golf room. Yes, at home. Yeah. What's the crack there? Yeah, during I um built the log cabin at the back, and myself, and my girlfriend, I moved into it, and I built on a simulator room, so renting out to the public to come in and hit a few balls and hit a few balls with game. the number one golfer in the world. I watched him. I wouldn't be hitting too many, <laughs> but uh, just get him the odd tip here and there of move your hands here, but um. More so for peace of mind, like it's it's hard to fill your days as a golfer when you've don't not, not that many events. You can only focus on the game for so much in a day. And I felt I had I had room there to open you've up. You've room this. there because you don't want to over practice 
No. Which you said you were kind of doing because yeah. you're a little bit hurt. Yeah, I wee niggles in my back and stuff. But, and um, from just playing too much. Just, yeah, yeah overuse. Yeah. Maybe where I don't need to. Like, my game's in really good shape at the minute. And I feel when I'm playing well, I try to keep playing. Which isn't the best thing. Uh, you only beat me three and two over the front nine. <laughs> we only played nine. You beat me the front maybe four and three. I was being good to good to me. Being no, it was a bit of crack. It was a bit of fun. But um, no, I love it as as a career. I couldn't be more happy with what I'm doing, and we're going to keep going, bringing more people into the game, and make sure this world tour is going to be as big as the European tour, maybe someday. So. The bees knees. Well, there's no there's no harm in, in aiming big. Yeah, I always um, did, yeah. I, I always tell people shoot for the shoot for the moon and you, you yeah. get the stars in the way. Exactly. Um, so the people can stalk you other than just me. Hmm. Um, what's the crack between now? True to the summer, where where you're playing? What are you doing the next few weeks, and, and where can people maybe come watch you in the flesh? Yeah, then we have. I don't start till the second of May, so I head over to the Condor Club in April to a bit of pre-season practice. So I'm going to spend five days there. Then I come home for a week, and then I fly over to England for the British Masters. So that's our first event of the year. And that's back where you did your first start. That's my first Belfry. start. Belfry, Belfry, the Brabazon. Yeah. So we play that, then I'm off for two more weeks, and then I go to Germany at the end of May. June, couldn't tell you what's in June, but the important one is July, which is the Irish Open. We're at the Irish Open in Mount Juliet. We're playing on the Monday and Tuesday. Uh, we're doing big things for Disability Golf in Ireland at the minute, which is under the hush, but there's big things happening. So if people can come out and have a watch, maybe we see what can be done, which can be done and what can be achieved by people that have gone through trauma or absolutely I was just about to say and like we're in the we're in the brand restaurant in County Cloud so if you hear people in the background it is real people <laughs> in the background so hopefully the audience coming through okay. I was gonna say something like that would be incredible to bring kids to. Hmm, kids and teenagers who you know who are you know who do buy so I remember the only reason <laughs> I started playing hurling was I was nine and I watched Claire being battered by Galway in yeah. Galway and I was like these lads need a bit of help I better, I better start hurling <laughs> <laughs> but by seeing something where you're like I can do that yeah. as well you that's know they, Claire was so bad that day me as an eight year old thought I could do it <laughs> but that's why I'm thinking it would be fantastic for anyone who doesn't know what golf is about mm. whether you're five or 35 yeah. or kids especially because they buy into these things way faster and get way more um, engaged with it as well yeah. I think it'd be fantastic especially I I was on the Mount Jude I got an email yesterday I think because they're counting down the days and yeah. Monday and Tuesday is like holds oh, come on down like take yeah. it because they sold out they sold out for the four days I believe yeah. so so there's people like Rory will be practicing Shane will be practicing some of the big boys will be there on the day and um, again you're going to see stuff that hasn't been done before which is important too and the message we we sent out at the Belfry two years ago. So many people got on to me from all walks of life, like kids, women, men, uh, girls suffering with mental health, all these different things. It hit home everywhere, and that's the message we're trying to show that whether you play elite golf or normal golf, it's fantastic for peace of mind. It's so many health benefits to it, and that's proven. So if he's come down 
have a watch, it'll be it'll be pretty special. I'll be coming down. Uh, I'll be working from home that day, so I'll, <laughs> I'll just block off the day in the calendar. Um, thanks for your time, right? No um, but the most important questions are coming now. All right. A quick fire Q and A. Yeah. Um, are you ready? I'm ready. Brennan Lawler, what would your walk on song be? Heads will roll. Jim or pizza? Jim. I love how you sit back in your seat and think about that one. <laughs> that was the hardest uh, question yet. That's one of the two I have to keep happy here. <laughs> so, someone else. Hat, visor, or a bucket hat? Hat. Happy Gilmore or Tin Cup? Happy Gilmore. Lehinch or Port Marnock? Lehinch. Walk or cart? We play events in the car, but I'd rather walk. Win the Open or win the Masters? Masters. Well, it's the week far, isn't it? Yeah. Instagram or Twitter? I'm an Insta man. <laughs> do it for the gram um, we all, I only took one video today that was good for me happy days um, player practice oh, that's a tough one I do a lot of practice by rather playing alright these are the questions that you mightn't have prepared for um, so it's, it's, a, it's a hypothetical question um, I'm going to try and set the scene Read us somewhere. Oh, I put some nice music under this okay. now as well in, in post um, ok we'll pick uh, Galgorum you played in the event, you made the cut. The, the, the full tour event, you made the cut, you top 10. Best week of your life. Yeah. Right? Well, until you get married and have kids. Um, and you've dinner, you've, <laughs> you've, a, you've a celebratory dinner that evening. And you can have whatever six people you yeah. want at it. Three down the left, three down the right. Yeah. Anyone you want. Dead, alive, celebrity, golfer, sports person, fictional. Mm. Who's at Brendan Lawler's candlelit dinner? This might be stereotypical, but my family. Because they're going to be there for you at the end of the day and the other people aren't. You know what I mean? And Absolutely. They've been through every journey. They've been through all the bumps in the road. And to celebrate something amazing like that, I think it'd be the right people to celebrate. Dead right. So I'd have I'll name them. My mum, my dad, my girlfriend, uh, my brother and his girlfriend. And then I'd have an extra table for modest golf. I'd oh, have God, good save, good save. I'd have uh, all the boys there. And then we'd have a good night. No, smashing. Mr. Lord, thank you very much. No problem. I wish you all the best this year. I'll be here with me stalker flag waving you on as best <laughs> I can. Thanks uh, for having me on. I really enjoyed that. Enjoyed the golf as well. So. No better. We'll get, we get around it again soon. We'll tee it up for real soon enough too. Big time, big time. Thank you. Thanks so much. Brendan Lawler, everyone. What an absolute gentleman. He is 25 years of age. That's all he is. If I had that mentality when I was 25, I'd be triple or quadruple the man I am now what um, what maturity and self-belief and confidence and awareness and empathy and um, inclusivity and he's sending the elevator back down to bring everybody up back up to the to the level that he's at so um, massive massive appreciation for what he's done so far in those three short years for Edka Golf and and there's so much more to do uh, in that space and I believe that with the way the world is going as we alluded to and the, and the companies that want to get involved for that visibility but also to show that inclusivity that, that they stand for I think the only way is up and to continue trending up uh, for that man so I'll definitely be tracking him stalking him um, and to see his progress uh, and to see how we can all row in behind him uh, and what they're doing and, and, and what Manus Golf are doing and they're breaking boundaries so if you like that episode leave a review wherever you listen to your podcast be it Spotify or Apple or Google or Stitcher or SoundCloud or does this go on SoundCloud? We need to check but yeah if you enjoyed it 
uh, leave a review if, if that's your style or you know put in your whatsapp group this was a good one hit out, hit play there and um, share it with your family and friends check out pennytalksgolf.com if you're looking for golf clubs and you want the best in the business to take care of you it's forgolf.ie Derek and family and David Williams uh, who is family um, as well so I'm proud to proud to that announcement that you know they're sponsoring the podcast and I really believe in what they do always have and um, have always seen the value and felt the value and the difference and so yeah just go um, if that's your thing um, you're, you're helping me, you're helping a family, you're helping a, an Irish business as well. So yeah, that's it. Um, you'll see me next week chatting with um, the folks down in Ross Lair. So if you haven't checked out the YouTube video, yeah, check out the audio. Yeah, it, one went up there like three or four weeks ago. So yeah, Ross Lair next week. I love you and leave you. Until we teed up again soon, I'm Paddy. <laughs> <laughs>